Welcome to Living Free Today, a ministry of Cornerstone Fellowship in San Lorenzo, California. These podcasts are the weekly sermons of Dr. Michael L. Wilson. Please open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13 if we are to discuss or look at the love of God, then we've got to look at what the Bible says about love. And 1 Corinthians 13 is considered the love chapter of the Bible. It is very common to use 1 Corinthians 13 during weddings and such, as you're trying to convince the two people standing before me that they need to love each other, and this is what it means. When we speak of the love of God, when we look at John 3.16, and it says, For God so loved the world, that word love is agape love. Agape love is a Greek word. It is the word for the utmost selfless, sacrificial love. There is no self-gain when you have Agape love and the idea of Paul writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 13 is that if God has such an agape love, such a selfless, such a sacrificial love for us that was seen in Jesus Christ, what sort of love should we have for one another? And the answer is agape love. And so one thing that I've seen in churches and I've seen, uh, we did it in seminary and things like that, is you write out 1 Corinthians 13 and everywhere you see the word love, you write your name. And that's a test if you are really loving toward one another. You can also rewrite 1 Corinthians 13 and instead of the word love, you can write God, or you can write Jesus, something of this nature, so you get a picture, an idea of what God's love is for you. And so we shall look at a few of these points and ask that question. Without love, there would be no Christianity. Without love, Jesus would not have been born. He certainly would not have died on the cross for our sins. Without love, our relationship with God would be non-existent. If God was a vengeful God who is only full of hate, well, we probably wouldn't be here today because God would have wiped out the world long ago. But God is a God of love, and when we talk about God being love and the shortest definition of God, if you will, in the Bible, as it says, God is love. And so when we look at that, we have to understand what that love is. There is a movement today that has gone back to even the 1500s, if people look at this, which says God's love is so strong, is so complete, that you can do anything you want, you can live like the devil. And God will still say at the end of a period of time, oh, that's okay, come into heaven. And so the 
idea that God's love will overcome every sin, no matter what you believe, no matter what you do, is very strong today. And I've talked with people, and I've probably talked to a dozen or more people, witnessing to them, and they say, well, they don't have to go to church, they don't have to read their Bible, they don't have to know anything about God, because God is love. And if God is love, at the end of all this, God will invite everybody to heaven, no matter what you believe, no matter what you do. That is called universalism, and it is a, you have to wonder what the purpose of this life is. Why doesn't God just create everybody in heaven and just be done with this life? The reason we have this life is so that we can respond to God, and God at the end of time will take people who believe and responded to Him and take those exclusively into heaven and everybody else, the people who believe they can live any way they want, will not end up in heaven and they will understand the wrath of God and we as Christians understand the love of God. And so if we look at the qualities of God's love and what our love should be toward God, and what our love should be toward one another. We can look, in, starting in verse 4, it says, Love is patient. Now I can say, as I said, Michael is patient. Or I can say, God is patient. God is certainly patient. God is patient with me. I'm sure God is patient with you. There is an idea with patience that it is, it is long-suffering. It is, it is allowing people to be themselves, and even though they don't meet my expectations or do what I want them to do, I let them be themselves, and that is patience. Patience is definitely a sign of love. If I am patient with you, it is motivated by love. If God is patient with me, as he certainly is, and that is a a measurement that we can compare with our own patience. If God is patient with me, it is because He loves me. It is because He loves me so much He sent His Son. It says, love is kind. I talk to a lot of people, as I've said, and a lot of people today, these days, if you will, say that people are nice. And that person is nice, they must be a Christian. And for some reason, the word nice has come into our vocabulary to mean people that are gentle and unoffensive, but the word nice does not exist in the Bible. It is a new modern word. It actually is an older word that means empty-headed. And so when you call somebody nice, you're saying they don't know better, but the Bible uses the word kind. Kind is a biblical word. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is a definition of love. Kind has a definition. Kind means to give of oneself, to be helpful, to be serving one another. God is certainly kind to me. God is kind to us. God gives and gives and gives. Some days I have no clue what God is doing, but He still loves me and He's still kind. 
He doesn't say, because you don't get it, I'm done with you. He is kind and he is giving. And for a moment, if we can ponder as we pray how kind God is to us, how kind God is to us in Jesus Christ, then perhaps we can be kind to one another. He says, love is not envious. Some passages say jealous. Uh, envy and jealousy are two sides of the same coin. If I am jealous about something, you have a nicer car than me, and I am jealous, I want a nicer car too. I will work hard to keep up with the Joneses, as we used to say. I will work hard to get the nice things that you have because I am jealous about that. And you may not even know that I am jealous about you. But if I am envious of you, that has the connotation that if you have a nice car, I want to take it from you. I want your nice car. I want your nice house. I want your nice things. So jealousy is... Me being self-destructive, jealousy is called the big green monster in Shakespeare. It, is, it takes you over, and you're green with envy, as we say. But if I am envious and I'm really going that way, then I need to hurt you to improve myself. I need to put you down to make me bigger. And the idea of jealousy and envy, these things do not exist in love. If I love you, if I love God, I am not jealous. I take people as they are. If somebody is blessed more than me, I praise God that they are blessed. And we do not have in a church situation, in a church community, the jealousy and the envy of the world. The world is all about get more stuff, get bigger things, be you know, richer than the Joneses. And that is not something that exists in Christianity because we realize that everything we have, whether it be nice or whether it be average, everything we have is a blessing from God, for I can do nothing apart from God. The person who loves does not brag, and it's not arrogant. These have to do with pride. If you were to take your Bible and look up sins that are listed, and sins are listed here and there throughout the Bible, God says he likes these things which are righteous. He does not like these things which are sins. The number one mentioned sin in the whole Bible is pride. Pride, if you are a prideful person, God says he will actually push against you. He will stand and push against you if you are prideful because the prideful person has put themselves in the place of God in their lives. When we talk about a throne being in your heart, as the book says, we, we, we are either on that throne, managing my own life, or God is. Or I put Jesus on my throne and he manages my life. And if I am on my throne, I am elevating myself as God in my actions and my thoughts. And God will actually push against that. 
And I don't know if you've ever had God push against you, but if God's pushing against you, you're not going to stand for very long. He can push really hard, and God hates pride because pride puts ourselves in the place of God. The next three kind of go together. Love is not rude, unseemly. We know what rudeness is, bad manners, not considerate. Uh, the world is getting more and more rude as we get more and more worldly, as we remove mismanners from our lives. We just do whatever we want to do and we are not considerate of one another. And if somebody is openly inconsiderate, then we call them rude. And because of their rudeness or the motivation of their rudeness is that they insist on their own way. And we say, does Michael insist on his own way? Does God insist on his own way? Well, in some ways, God says this is right and this is wrong, but I don't see God insisting on his own way. Right now, he seems to be letting humanity do what they want to do. And at the end of time, God's going to shake it all up and the righteous people, the people who believe in God, in Jesus Christ, are going to rise to the top. As it were. And so at this point in time, uh, the phrase that he's giving us enough rope to hang ourselves, I've heard that in some sermons, and the idea that God is giving us as much freedom and free will to do what we want is not how the world works, especially in today's, we call it a cancel culture. You need to follow the, the writings. You need to follow the doctrine of the people out there or you will not be able to participate. The world is very big on insisting its own way. While as Christians, especially when we're gathered together, I let you be you and you let me be me. And if I have some way that I want you to act, I don't insist upon it. We can work together and grow together. I'm not irritable or resentful. The idea that God does not, God, when he responds to our sin, he responds with a broken heart. He is not irritable. He doesn't whine. Huh? Those sorts of things like we do. If I don't get my way, do I get whiny? But love is not irritable. It's supposed to be Michael's not irritable. God's not irritable. We are not resentful. We don't keep grudges. We don't keep a record. You don't have a piece of paper in your pocket that every time somebody says something bad to you, you write it down and you keep track of it. We do not keep track of wrong. We are all sinful. We are all broken people trying to live for God. And the fact that we are always going to make mistakes with one another, we don't keep track of that. I forgive, I forget, I let people be themselves. 
Then near the end it says, you don't rejoice in wrongdoing. We live in a world that rejoices in wrongdoing. If you look at Isaiah 5, written a long time ago, but it's a prophecy for today. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. We live in a world where you hear things on TV, on the radio, on podcasts, you read them in newspapers, and you get the sense, and I've heard this for probably three, four years, the world seems upside down. The world is, ups, you know, black is white and good is bad, and people can't make sense of what is going on. And recently, there was a, a bill that went through Congress and went through Senate, and Joe Biden signed it, and it is called the Respect for Marriage Act, and it is the most corrupt, evil, and horrendous bill basically destroying marriage in America. And it'll be interesting to see if the full force of the federal government goes against people who want traditional marriage. That is the, what people are concerned about. And if you saw on TV the signing of this bill, there, it was a celebration. It was a yahoo! They, they, you know, they should have had marching bands. It was you know, just a fantastic celebration of what the government wants to do to destroy marriage. And we look at that and we say, you're calling good bad and bad good. You're calling hot, cold, and black, white. And it makes no sense the words that are being used for the actions that are going on. It seems upside down. But if you love God and if God loves you, you will look and you will see what is right. And you go, oh, wait a minute. This is what's right. This is where I find it. You say, I don't know what's right. Well, you read your Bible. The Bible tells you what's right. And it's right because God says it's right. And you support that. And you say, that is good and that is true. And you don't follow the random words of the world. And the second part of that is you rejoice in truth you only rejoice in truth if you know what the truth is. If you know what the truth is, then you can celebrate it when you see it. Love bears all things, means I can withstand anything. Believes all things. Love is not cynical. Love is not uh, suspicious. Hopes all things. Christianity is a religion of hope and endures all things. When we speak of love, it is not some amorphous thing that God has to make us all feel good. If you look at the Bible, and the Bible was originally, New Testament was originally written in Greek, all of the definitions of love are verbs. The Bible says love is an action word, 
that the, the, the love is somebody who does something. If I love you, I do something about it. If you love God, you do something about it. And you say, but where does it say about what God loved? Well, we go back to the verse that everybody knows. God so loved the world. He looked at us. He loves us that he sent his only begotten son. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, we praise you for your love. We praise you that you are a God of love, that you are love. And I pray that we would be willing to love one another with your love, that we would be willing to take what you have done for us and do it for others. Lord, we praise your name for this Christmas season as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We praise you for all of this and ask your blessing on the remainder of the day. We ask all this through the blood of Christ. Amen. Cornerstone Fellowship is located at 180 Llewellyn Boulevard, San Lorenzo, California. Our Sunday morning service is at 1045 a.m. Our website is livingfreetoday.org and our phone number is 510-278-2622. May God continue to bless you as you serve your King. God bless.